Seven ancient secrets to managing productive people. Seven ancient secrets to managing productive people. Um, this is not a training that I came up with. Uh, this is directly from a book uh, called The Way of the Shepherd by Kevin Lehman. Uh, there's a co-author, William Pintak, but I, 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 I've read several of Kevin Lehman's books. He's fantastic. And, you know, I, uh, I had somebody once say that, that I don't have, Fitz, you don't really have original thoughts. You just read something in a book and, and then just regurgitate it for other people. I go, yeah, that keeps you from reading the book. <laughs> you know, my wife said one time years ago, she's like, I don't really like reading. Can you read the book and then just tell me about it and I'll learn from it? And so I, it's something I enjoy doing is, is reading a book and then making um, my own commentary and helping it be more palatable to somebody listening. But I, I was thinking about it this morning as I was uh, getting ready to come into the office. I was probably 17 or 18 years old, and I don't remember what city I was in, but I was in a coliseum, and uh, there were probably 20 or 30,000 people in the coliseum listening to speaker after speaker after speaker after speaker. I was 17 or 18, maybe 19 years old. And um, I heard um, at the time uh, a guy named Charlie Tremendous Jones. And uh, Charlie Tremendous Jones said these words that I think forever impacted my life. He said, you, the, the sum of your life is made up of the books you read, the audios you listen to, and the people you hang out with. The books you read, the audios you listen to, and the people you hang out with. And that, that really defines your life, defines where you're going, uh, and, and, and really is a, a picture of where you've been. And I, listened, I heard that at 17 or 18, 19 years old. I remember taking it to heart, and at that point started reading voraciously, started listening to a ton of audio, started making sure I was really careful about who I was hanging out with because I wasn't always hanging out with the best people, and so I was making sure I was hanging out with the right people that, that could help me get where I wanted to go and wanted to help me get where I wanted to go. Um, and uh, in the process of all of that, I, I can tell you, this book, The Way of the Shepherd, is, is a prime example of the books you read shaping who you become. Uh, I was reviewing this material last night in preparation for, for teaching this today, and as I was reviewing it, I realized, wow, I remember I, I, I didn't just read this book yesterday. You know, I've read this book many times over the last decade. And uh, today, who I am as a business owner, uh, as, a, as a husband, as a father, as a friend, a lot of it has been shaped by these points I'm about to cover. So when I, when I say that this book has shaped my life, I don't, I don't, I don't say that to be dramatic. I, I really do mean it. Uh, and so as I'm going through it, you may hear me commentate about me and, and, and how I exemplify this point. Just know that a decade ago, that wasn't the case. This book shaped that. And, uh, and as I was reading through the notes and all that last night, I was like, oh my gosh, it really is true that this has kind of shaped me. So let's jump into it. I'm not going to give you a book report. I do encourage you to buy the book. It's a fantastic book. Kevin Lehman is a great author. Uh, this book is not uh, a book of PowerPoint notes. It's, it's a story, so it's really easy to read. It's, uh, even those who hate reading really find this book enjoyable. Uh, but I'm just going to kind of go through some of the highlights of it. Uh, he comes up with these seven ancient secrets, and, and really the book is centered around a shepherd 
it's a modern story. It's a college professor that's also got sheep, and he's teaching one of his students, you know, how uh, to manage these sheep, which are also like leading people, and uh, and that's where these secrets secrets come from. So all the terminology is in terms of like being a shepherd. But uh, point one, ancient secret one, is know the condition of your flock. Follow the status of your people as well as the status of their work. Get to know your flock one sheep at a time. Engage your people on a regular basis. Keep your eyes and ears open. Question and follow through. I thought that was the last one. So know the condition of your flock. It's really hard like, and, and, and some of these points are going to overlap. So if I say this again on another point, just know that these points overlap. But, but as I look through these notes and I go, look, you, you, can't, you can't lead a, a team of people, an organization of people, and not be engaged with them in their life. You know, this past week, uh, Heather and I got the opportunity to, uh, to, to travel around and, and, and go to Seattle and go to Minnesota and, and see people there. And and some of the people we've known for quite a bit of time, and we're still learning things about them that we didn't know. Uh, we're still uncovering new information. I don't, I don't know that you ever know everything about anybody. I, don't, I mean, I feel like I know probably my, my wife, Heather, more than I know anybody in this world. I still don't know everything about her. There's still new things I'm discovering about her. And so knowing the condition of your flock is not like a, yeah, I got that. It's not a, it's not a check mark. It's an active engagement that you have to perform with your flock follow the status get to know your flock one sheep at a time everybody you lead is a little bit different nobody's exactly the same if you are going to be an effective leader there's no way you can lead everybody the same you have to get to know them individually Um, and keep your eyes and ears open question and follow through i remember uh years ago a mentor of mine who's really no longer in my life at all but but then he was and he said you got to trust your gut fits when you feel something in your gut you got to trust your gut and, and that, that, to me, speaks to the keeping your eyes and ears open, question and follow through, okay? Number two, ancient secret. Discover the shape of your sheep. Now, that's going to be an acronym for shape here in just a minute, but your choice of sheep can make flock management easier or harder. As you are building your team, as you're building your agency, as you're, as you're creating the group that looks to you for leadership, it, it's really important that you not inherit, in, inherit, <laughs> said the wrong word, that you not inherit somebody else's problems. See, it's, it's uh, so many times I've had people come to me and say, yeah, I'm recruiting this guy from XYZ insurance company, and man, he just talks crap about them. I go, yeah, and when he leaves you, he's going to talk crap about you. Like, we need to know the series of events in this guy's life, and are we the next event in that series? Because there is such a thing as looking at a track record, and if you hire a problem, it's not like you're the answer to that problem. You probably are just going to have a problem on your hands now. Uh, I was listening to a podcast this morning, and, uh, and it was talking about how to properly fire people. Now, if my staff is listening right now, I don't want them freaking out. It was part of a podcast I regularly listen to, and this just happened to be the topic. And really, they're saying, you know, probably, most likely, if you're going to fire somebody, you need to make sure that, that, you, have, that you have tried everything right? But, but sometimes, sometimes that person that you have on your staff just doesn't fit the culture or share the values of your company. And if they don't, it doesn't matter how talented they are, they got to go. And so as you're, as I'm building my team, as I'm building my business and my agency and helping you build yours, I'm looking for people who fit in more so than I'm looking for talent. 
Like, I, I believe that what we do as a business can be taught. It can be learned. But, but teaching somebody to, to fit in with our values and teaching somebody to fit in with our culture, that's not something that's easily taught. That's more something that's found. And so when we're looking for people to join our, our flock, for last, lack of a better phrase, but to use the phrase from this book, we're looking, we're choosing wisely, Right? Start with healthy sheep or you'll inherit someone else's problems. Know the shape of your sheep to make sure they're in the right fold. Maybe they belong somewhere else. Maybe they just aren't part of our culture, and that's okay. It's Listen, I would rather lose somebody to another company who better fits that culture than continue to try to force somebody to fit our culture. It's just it's too much. It's too much work. It's too hard. This business is too easy to insist on doing things that are too hard. <laughs> so here's what shape means. Strengths, heart, attitude, personality, and experiences. Know the, the, the S-H-A-P-E. Know the strengths, heart, attitude, personality, experiences of those that you're leading. Number three, help your sheep identify with you. Build trust with your followers by modeling authenticity, integrity, and compassion. I... I, I I feel like I've had lots of conversations over the last few months with friends in the industry that I'm not in business with, but I know them in the industry. And, and, and this is where, it, uh, you know, I don't, this is not self-serving. I'm not trying to pat me on the back. This book shaped me. But, but I hear them saying those words like your authentic fits. And, and, and we know that you have integrity. Your yes is yes and your no is no. And we know that you care about those that you're leading. And, and, I, and I think that if I was going to pass on something to my sons or my daughter, and say, look, you're going to be a leader one day. You're already leaders. Just can you can you just be authentic? Can you just be you? Now that doesn't mean that you share all the crap of your life with everybody and just dump on them. But it does mean that you don't put on airs. That you don't act like somebody you're not. Just be you. People love you. They they hate you trying to be somebody else. But you being a better you is different than you trying to be somebody else. Can, to, to my sons, to my daughter, can, can, you, just, can you just lead with integrity? Can, can, like if People just need to know where you stand on things. And I'm not saying that you need to get on your soapbox and make political speeches. That is probably going to offend them. But listen, your yes is yes and your no is no. I think that when you have integrity, people can trust that you're going to do the right thing. I just trust that that person's going to do the right thing. There's people in my life they're in my life. I'm not close to them, mind you, but they're in my life. I just can't trust they're always going to do the right thing. So from my perspective, they lack integrity and compassion. I'm not looking to carry everybody else's burdens, but I, I can sympathize with the burdens that they carry. And, and I can, listen, look at this, watch this. I can listen to them and hear them and I think so many people in this world right now are just crying to be heard. And as a leader, if you can hear them, you're separating yourself and you're creating loyalty with them. Other point, set high standards of performance. I, I think that the high standards of performance you set for your sheep are just slightly above what they comfortably do. Does that make sense? Like the high standard I'm setting for my kids is you're comfortable here. The high standard I'm setting for you is here. And when you're comfortable here, I'm going to set the high standard here. Now, does that mean that you have to do that in order to earn my love? No. 
but I'm expecting higher. I'm expecting more out of you than you expect out of yourself because I'm leading you. <laughs> and I see the greatness that's in you that you're blind to right now. And I want you to reach that. Relentlessly communicate your values and sense of mission. I think people just watch you do that. <laughs> Define the cause for your people and tell them where they fit in. When, when I, I had a friend send me a message, I'm going to quote it wrong, but yesterday a friend said, hey, when you understand the flow of the river, it's easier to navigate it. So as a leader, if, if you're constantly telling your people where you're going and where we're going together, it's easier for them to see how they fit in. Remember that great leadership isn't just professional, it's personal. You know, I remember uh, from uh, You've Got Mail, they were quoting the movie Godfather of it's not personal, it's business. It's not personal, it's business. Well, business is personal. Like, I'm a small business owner. I'm, I, I can't be impersonal. I'm not a multinational, multi-billion conglomerate. I, I'm, I'm a small business owner. And it, everything in my business is personal because everything in my business directly affects my family. And everything in your business directly affects yours. Number four, make your pasture a safe place. Make your pasture a safe place. Keep your people well informed. Infuse every position with importance. Not everybody's going to be a top performer, but the guy that turns in one application every February is just, just as important to our overall success as a business. Cull chronic instigators from the flock. The people who are constantly causing problems, separate them from the others who aren't constantly causing problems. How do you do that? I recommend they go work for another company. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we can fix it. Maybe you need to go. Regularly rotate the sheep to fresh pastures, keeping things fresh. You know, as I was preparing this uh, today to, 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 to speak on this today, I've taught this before. I've taught this for years. And, um, and, and I was having a conversation with my wife this morning when I was getting ready. I said, you know, I don't feel the need to come up with new information all the time. I have a body of information that really works well for me and has worked really well for those who I'm leading. I'm sticking to that. If there's new information that I can incorporate, great, but I don't feel this need to, to, to constantly come up with something new. What we do is really basic, and so I try to keep it that way. However, I constantly reteach stuff because it has new meaning today than it did 18 months ago when I last taught it. And so you have to keep it fresh, otherwise it gets boring and stale. Reassure the sheep by staying visible. If your sheep don't know where you are, I'm not big on social media and posting all my stuff out there and, the, hey, look at me and here's where I'm at and I don't take pictures of my food and send it out. And I, I'm, I'm not stepping on toes of those who do. It's just not who I am. You, I'm not, you, you be you, boo-boo. Like, that's just not me. But, but at the same time, I, people need to know that I'm out there meeting with agents and I'm, I'm seeing people and I'm, I'm in the office and you can be in touch with me and I'm, I'm accessible. Right? As a leader, those things have to be true. Don't give problems time to fester. It's better to fix it now than, than let it be a bigger problem later. And, and I, in, in, in high school and college, I, I worked in a textile mill during breaks. And uh, in the textile mill, we knew if a fire broke out, you go and put it out quickly. Uh, because with the filaments and all that sort of stuff in the air, the textile mill, it, that, that fire could very rapidly spread. And that whole mill be shut down with fire. Uh, so if you see a fire break out, put it out quickly. And, and I, I remember learning that early and, and then reading it in the book and I go, okay, don't give problems time to fester. Fix it quickly. 
Number five uh, in the book, Kevin Lehman talks about the staff of direction. Know where you're going, get out in front, and keep your flock on the move. When the, when the leader is kind of standing around and, and not leading, the sheep get confused. <laughs> and they become easy prey for the predators. When directing, use persuasion rather than coercion. Coercion is making somebody do something against their will in order to get something in return. Persuasion is, is really helping them convince themselves that this is something they should do, and it is for their own good. Persuasion, good. Coercion, it's a crime. <laughs> Give your people freedom of movement, but make sure they know where the fence line is. Don't confuse boundaries with bridles. When I say don't forge applications, that's not, man, that's just, that's just Fitz holding me down. No, I'm not holding you down. I'm trying to keep you licensed. <laughs> I'm trying to keep you in a profession that you like. I'm trying to help your career. <laughs> Give people freedom of movement, but make sure they know where the fence line is. Don't go too far. When your people get into trouble, go and get them out. As a leader, you are, the, you are your people's protection. So many leaders see the people following them as the followers should serve me. But the true leaders out there see, how can I serve that person? And the best way I can serve is to help you in your life, in your business, whatever it may be, is to help you and at times, for sure, cover you, protect you. Remind, people your, uh, remind your people that failure isn't fatal. Failure is daily. If it's fatal, you just die every day. It's not fatal, it, but it is necessary to get to where you're trying to go. Number six, the rod of correction. Protect. The rod of correction. Now, when you think about shepherding, there's a staff with the crook, but there's also the rod. The rod is like this long, and it's used to maybe knock that sheep on the head. But, but protect. You stand in the gap and fight for your sheep. That rod that that shepherd carries is used to fend off the predators that are out there and protect the sheep that rod is also used for approach uh, for correction approach discipline as a teaching opportunity when you're correcting someone that's looking to you for leadership you're not condemning them you're you're giving it an opportunity for a teaching opportunity it's not you're stupid you're never going to get this right it's hey man you messed up let's learn from this what we learn inspect regularly inquire about your people's progress apparently a shepherd uses this this rod to kind of go through the, the 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 fluffiness of the sheep and make sure that everything's fine you know that there's no ticks or anything in there but you got to regularly inquire about your people's progress and make sure that you know that, that their dials are getting better the people they're talking to on their phone they're booking more appointments and and of the appointments they're booking they're they're closing more and as they're hiring they're they're doing the right things and getting that person up and going number seven of the seven ancient secrets to managing productive people, the heart of the shepherd. Great leadership is a lifestyle, not a technique. It's not a trick. It's, it's a lifestyle. When, when the better you become as a leader, the better a person you become, the better a contributor to society you become. That's what I've seen in this business for me is that the better a leader I've become in business, it, it spills over into all areas of my life. The better the leader I am in business, the better the leader I am at home. And the better the leader I am at home, the better the leader I am at business. 
the two mix because it's not a technique. It's not a trick. It's not a, it's not a, a, a gotcha. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's just who you are. Every day you have to decide who's going to pay for your leadership, you or your people. If you don't get better at becoming a leader, if you don't improve your leadership ability, your people will suffer for that. And I've seen that in my life. Leaders who refuse to get better, leaders who refuse to address the planks in their own eyes, the, the leaders who refuse to, to accept that they're not perfect, the people following them suffer because of that. Because when John Maxwell talks about the law of the lid, when, when, when you reach a certain place as a leader and you're not expanding your abilities, your people are trapped under that lid. And, and sadly, some of them will leave you because of that. Because you, they've just outgrown you as a leader. Most of all, have a heart for your sheep. You know, you got to give a damn. <laughs> you got to care. It, it needs to matter to you what your people are going through. Um, I can say firsthand that Heather and I constantly pray for our agents. Uh, the, 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 those who look to us for leadership are constantly on our hearts. We try not to carry the burdens, but we do anyway. Um, we, we just can't help it because we care. And, um, and, and what's, I think, because we care, we can feel, and you'll see this as you're leading people as well, can feel extremely frustrated with people because they're not living up to the potential that you see in them. And I think about people who lead me and the frustration they feel maybe in, in, in leading me because they see the frustration, uh, they see the potential in me and where I can go and their frustration is that I'm not getting there fast enough because they have a heart for me, because they care, because they want what's best for me. And if you're going to be an effective leader, you've got to have that heart. Otherwise, people will smell you out as a phony. And they'll smell you out as you're just a leader who's in it for you and not for them. And that all that other talk is just rhetoric. And just like that, the people that you thought were looking to you for leadership are with another flock. They have joined another fold. So I hope that helps. I hope you learned something. I hope you pick up the book and read it. It really is an easy read. It's a story. You learn things from the story. It, it, studies show that people learn more from stories than they do just from bang facts. And I know that the last 30 minutes I've just given you bang facts. So uh, I understand. Read the story. Uh, that said, uh, <laughs> let me know if I can help in any way. My contact information is on the screen, and we'll talk to you soon. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with the Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.